Olsen fakes it for Patterson and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John, as always. Brad, how are you doing? I am doing well. Drinking some Icelandic water, getting myself hydrated. Nice. It's always a good thing, keeping yourself hydrated. Don't want you passing out mid-podcast, so that's always good. That's right. And this is not an ad read. Icelandic is the best water, in case anybody was ever wondering what the best water is. Icelandic, or both. I'm sorry, what? Is it from Iceland or is the brand just Icelandic? No, it's Icelandic glacial spring water from Iceland with a pH of 8.4. Oof. I've always wondered what what is what. Okay, I don't know. I have, I have no further questions. Water okay. is wet, John. Water um. is wet. Uh, Icelandic is, is, it says that it's Icelandic spring water and it tastes different than other brands. So I'm just going to take their word for it. Yeah, I was going to say, have you been able to verify that it actually does come from Icelandic Springs? Because I feel like they'll run out of water eventually. They'd never they never lie take... about that. <laughs> John, how are you? What kind of water are you drinking? I'm not currently uh, drinking any water. I will <gasps> later be drinking water either out of a fountain or from my sink faucet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, well... So, as a continuation on our episode on Thomas Davis, there's a second person who's retiring on Thursday. That would be Greg Olson. Great tight end for the Panthers. You might have heard of him. He kind of looks like Thor. Um, you got my tie-in. All right. Thor, <laughs> yeah. Thor, Thor looks like Greg Olson. Also that. That could be true. Um, so, yeah, Greg Olson... Uh, he wasn't really as much of a Panthers lifer as Thomas Davis, but he definitely deserves to be treated as one because his career in Chicago was like uh not really a Didn't bust. Count. Yeah. Well, it, it's not really it was a bust. He just wasn't used properly. I forget who their offensive coordinator was, but it was what he was just one of those people where he just doesn't use tight ends. So like Mike Martz was the coach. Mike Martz. Mike yeah. Martz, that's it. Yeah. Um and they spent a first round pick on Olsen and then they just didn't use him the way you should. So then he came to Carolina for a third round pick, which was a steal. I must say we stole and, uh, Greg Olson from Chicago. There is no two ways about it. Yes. Absolutely stolen. And I think that the guy they drafted with that third round pick actually ended up on the Panthers at one point. Um, no, I, think I don't a, think so. Uh, I'll uh, have to relook it up. Um, but, uh, keep talking. They're... I'll tell you who it was because the Bears <laughs> actually traded that pick to, oh. to oh, Miami wait. in a package to get Brandon Marshall, the wide receiver, and then Miami traded it to the Chargers, and they selected Brandon Taylor, a safety from LSU, and Brandon Taylor played two years in the NFL with the Chargers. Okay. It it must have been just me then. There was a there was a linebacker that played for them that at one point people thought was like actually decent that ended up on the Panthers around the same time. So maybe that's it. Um anyway, so yeah, they fleeced the Bears and then Greg Olson came in. Originally he uh played as kind of second fiddle to Jeremy Shockey. Um still put up great stats in his first year. <laughs> that and is then, still the best tight end duo we have ever had. 
Oh yeah, that that's year we big... had Greg Olson and Jeremy Shockey. I mean, I think I would say it's probably one of the better tight end duos of all time if you consider just the the pairing of the two. Like, sp- like take the stats out of context. I mean, there aren't many tight ends. Like if, that... if you do the career of the two of them. Yes. Shockey was on the end of his career, but he still played really well for us. Um, By the way, Riggle... real quick, I need to interrupt because I'm sure somebody's like yelling at their whatever they're listening to. Lovey Smith was the coach of the Bears when Greg Olson was there. Mike Martz was the offensive coordinator his last year there, and Ron Turner was the offensive coordinator the first two years. Anyway, oh, continue the story. Correction. Like, I, thought, like, I thought Brian said offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just misremembered. I had to correct myself. I don't like it. Okay. Like no, that's wrong. fine. All we know is it's somebody who didn't like to use tight ends. Anyway, um, yeah. so Greg Olson then went on to be the first tight end in NFL history to have three straight thousand-yard seasons, which – Nowadays is not that weird because obviously we got guys like Travis Kelsey. We got George Kittle out there among, we got Darren Waller. We got many others who are like Travis wide Kelsey receiver. did it after Greg Olson did too. Didn't he? Yes. Like he did he, it like the, the season four after. times now, hasn't he? Yeah. I think Olson was 14, 15 and 16. I think Kelsey <laughs> has been every year since like 15 or 16. Yeah. Yeah. Olson was kind of impressive because he was like the Panthers de facto number one receiver aside from when he played with Steve Smith. Like he, he just was the number one receiver, which is not com- wasn't common at that time where I think he kind of helped shape the way tight ends are now used in the NFL. And granted it also just has to do with the fact that the teams throw the ball a hell of a lot fucking more. But at the time that was a major, major accomplishment. And he was always Cam Newton's go-to guy. Um, definitely improved his game as a blocker and, the only thing that the only knock that I have on him is that he always fell down like as soon as he caught the ball. But you oh, know, that's not a knock. That is, yeah, that is it's his. Greg Olson, Greg right. Olson, as good as a great, great Hall of Fame player, also one of the least like physical tight ends of all time with the ball in his hands, if not yeah. the least physical tight end with the ball in his hands. He's either the fastest slow tight end or the slowest fast tight end, and I honestly don't know which one he is. <laughs> I mean, he could he could scoot when he was younger. I know by the he end of his career, he was it. yeah. Yeah, when he when he get like the some some green grass in front of him, but no, once once a player got in his vicinity, he was just Greg Olson basically played two hand touch, but he just like with the acknowledgement that he had to fall down after being touched. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely probably extended his career for sure. Definitely probably did because guys like Rob Gronkowski who just try to power through everything, he didn't last. He was beaten up more than Greg Olson ever was. Um yeah, because Greg, like Greg never missed any games until he never missed games until the last couple of years he was here when he broke his foot. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. Like he, yeah. he stayed healthy. Yeah, and no, breaking he, your yeah. breaking your foot isn't exactly something you can just you can prevent with play style. Yeah, so. there's, yeah. You, you, hello, Jesus. pups. Um, <laughs> Keep yeah, talking. Don't acknowledge them. Yeah, there's there's nothing that you can really do to prevent a foot break. Like, that's just one of those shit happens type things, so. Right. But he was also the master of the beautiful catches. He had several really nice one-handed catches. Um, He pretty much single-handedly saved a Panthers game by catching a ball that was severely underthrown on fourth down against the Saints and just managed to catch it, and that happened to be, like, the catalyst to the game-winning drive. Greg Olson just was, like... To me, he just was, he was the passing offense to me. Like Ted Ginn, obviously, you know, in the heyday of when the Panthers were really successful, like Ted Ginn was the type of guy where he would 
go off and catch a long touchdown, but Olsen was always the security blanket. Just a it, really it, reliable it, guy. Go ahead. It was it was always just like I mean to kind of like further that it was like the passing game like the foundation of it was Cam Newton and Greg Olson and then everything else around it was kind of interchangeable around that foundation. Yeah, and they sure like to interchange those interchangeable parts with <laughs> with very with very minimum like yes. it's like buying a brand new Ferrari but then putting like Toyota Tercel wheels on it or uh, whatever, but yeah, like we had Cam and we had Greg, and then we had Ted Ginn, Philly Brown, Legadu Nane. Um, who else did we have at Wild? Jericho Cotchery. Jericho Cotchery. Devin I mean, Funches. It was Shea Jiratutu. Shea Jiratutu. Like yeah, like the Hall of Who is that guy? Um, at wide receiver outside of Greg, and he still produced. Yeah, like, that's I mean, the amazing thing is he was the one credible threat and he still produced. Yeah. He's just one of those players where like there's certain there's certain receivers out there who like greatly extend their careers because they just know how to work zones cuz like towards the end of his career he definitely wasn't the fastest guy but he was able to find the zones like he knew the he knew how to use his leverage, he knew how to get find the little holes in the zones like he just did that masterfully and it was something where like you came to expect you came to expect it enough where it, I don't think we really appreciated it at the time the kind of shit that he would pull off sometimes yeah he was the master of the it's third and nine I'm gonna get exactly nine yards like he, catching he perfected everything. that but it, yeah. what was nice about Greg is that even like at the end when he started slowing down, the fact that he's so reliable, like with the hands and everything, uh, he didn't need a lot of space. And he had at that point, but he had, by that point he had cams trust where it's just like, Hey, I'm not going to ever be open because I just can't get away from people anymore. Like I used to, but it doesn't matter. Like as long as I can get both my hands on it, I'll hold on to it. Yeah. And he, he, he had his fair share of circus catches too. I mean, the one that pops out in my mind was that catch against the, I think it was Seattle in the playoffs, but he caught the ball between like two guys with one hand on the ball while the other guy had his hand on the ball too. And somehow Greg came, no, he had to wrap his arms around the other guy's arm to catch the ball. And he somehow came down with it. It's like, yeah, he had, he had one. Yeah. I don't think it was the playoffs, but yeah, again, yeah, Seattle's wearing their gray uniforms. I think uh, over like Earl over, not just like on Earl Thomas's head with one hand. My favorite had, one was the one he caught in the end zone against Seattle that clinched the game. Oh yeah, I was good, I was going to bring that up. I didn't know if we were going to do like the favorite memory yeah, thing. Yeah, well, I've spoiled <laughs> one of mine. So, <laughs> well, I guess we're doing that now. We're doing this show differently than we did. Yeah. Davis one. Um, <laughs> uh, I so that what was cool. So I didn't actually get to see that one live. Um, so that's cool. I was a uh, I was playing like a flag football like tournament thing. <gasps> And uh, no, man, man, hey, like you know, it's 2015. I can't believe I like, you, John. <laughs> I was, I was, I was out of college, but it was at my college. Um, uh, the, I was in this like flag football tournament thing, and everybody that we were playing with, for the most part, that was in that was in 2015, right? That was kind of what got the ball rolling. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, and, that was in 2015. And that kind of was the first, uh, the first game that kind of like really 
solidified the Panthers. It's like, oh, we're actually good. The Panthers are actually good because Seattle was, you know, it's Legion of Boom days, very tough to beat. Nobody ever beat the Seahawks. And I remember, like, we're watching the play-by-play as we're getting ready for our game. And we're like, it was, it was just like really, really into watching this play, like the game cast on ESPN, because that was what we had to watch. And um, wh- whoever his phone refreshed first, he was like, Cam Newton, 26 yard pass, we're a touchdown. And he like yelled it. And we're all like excited. And then most of the f- actual place where like the tournament was being held, it was kind of weird because you could hear people like talking about it. And like, well, man, I didn't think this many people cared about the Panthers, but it was like, oh. They actually got people kind of chattering, like chatting about it. And I thought that was really cool. Well, it was a big win because they, uh, it wasn't even just that they beat Seattle. They beat Seattle in Seattle, something they hadn't done since like the, the re the revitalization of Seattle with Russell Wilson and the Legion of boom was fucks. Yeah. That was, that was back when Seattle thought we were their little brother that they could just always beat up. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when that play happened, the, the fortunes reversed. Yeah, it was great. I yeah, and that's when nobody live. was beating Seattle in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, that was back in the that was that back was, in the. Oh, go ahead. No, just because that was like coming into that season, and the Seahawks ended up not being as great that year. But the the season the Seahawks had gone eleven and five, thirteen and three, and twelve and four in each of the last three years, and they had been to the Super Bowl the last two years before. Like they won and lost the Super Bowl in each of the previous two years. Yeah, for me so, that was the game speaking. from. Yeah, for me, that was the game where my parents started watching Panthers games because 2013 happened, but that was kind of a fluky year. And prior to that, you know, 2011, 2012, like they were fun to watch, but not that great. Um, 2014 or yeah, 2014 fucking sucked. That was the best year in franchise history. I will hear no argument to the contrary. <laughs> well, but for non Panthers fans, I should say. Okay. Um, I'll give you so that. they wouldn't really like. Like if I wanted to watch the game, I had to go downstairs in the like the basement and watch it or whatever. Um, yeah, but that's that why game, you had to go down in the basement. <laughs> yes, not because my parents hated being around me like most people. Um, yeah. So they um, they were actually watching that game with me, and they were um, they were like excited. It was awesome. Like when that play happened, I was like fucking freaking out. I was able to. I was writing the recap that year. Like I was fucking excited. It was just it just kickstarted one of the best years in franchise history. And it was really one of the best years of Greg Olson's career. I mean, like, he was just unstoppable. Nobody could cover him. Yeah, he had eleven hundred yards. It was his career high. Uh seventy-seven catches, which was not his career high, but seventy-seven catches, eleven hundred and four yards, and seven touchdowns, also career high. Yep. Uh, I hate remembering that year because it's it was six years ago and yeah. Yeah. What, um, what, the 2015? Yeah. 2015 year. Also, just, you know, cautionary tale of, like, you're, uh, you're never, like, there's no such thing as windows in the NFL. But, yeah, the Panthers um, took their window and shit on it, so, yeah, I agree. That's a weird way to phrase that, but, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I've, um, I've never heard of anybody <laughs> shitting on a window, so, yeah. You heard it here first. I want to, um, podcast. so I looked this up. Because uh, this is in honor of uh, Greg Olson, Thomas Davis Day. Well, first, I forgot to say this at the beginning. Do we think Greg Olson agreed with the Panthers to do the one-day contract thing with Thomas Davis before or after he just tweeted, see you there? I don't know. I kind of hope he did that, and then they were like, well, this will be awkward if you're not here. So 
do you want to come? <laughs> I, I just hope he just like he was the one that was like, hey guys, I'm gonna do this too. And the Panthers are like, oh, okay, well let's go ahead and get that order over yeah. now. Like instead I mean, of the Panthers reaching out to him because that would just be funnier that way. That not to not to uh, shit on your parade, but I think that most just likely what happened. Yeah, just shitting on everything. Um, God, Brian. I think that most likely Olsen and Davis kind of coordinated that together because probably because those those type wear of guys, matching outfits too. That would be fucking awesome. Actually, <laughs> that would be so um, fucking funny if they did. Yeah. Well, like, like I imagine those brothers or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, yeah, those kind of those kind of players when they played together for that long, like they just they just end up being friends. Like they continue to text and stuff like that. Like. And I've seen Olsen going back and forth with a lot of the former Panthers on Twitter. So I'd imagine he keeps in contact with most of the guys that were there for the uh, the majority of that window, quote unquote. Yeah, I just think it's funnier to imagine like Greg Olsen just being like, hey, guys, I'm coming too," and the Panthers like inviting himself to the party and the Panthers having to like acquiesce to that. Yeah, because um, you can't right. say you can't say no to Greg Olson. Yeah, you can't be exactly. like, well, actually, this, this is actually real Thomas's day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like, and then yeah, Thomas Davis is like now he's he's like a a, a child where he's all pouty because he's to share his birthday with his brother. <laughs> he crashes party. Yeah, um, but anyway, so because it's Thomas Davis and Greg Olson day, I looked it up. Uh, Greg Olson has played two games against the Carolina Panthers. Um, one of which was in 2010, and we'll get to that one. So Thomas Davis is not in that one. Uh, Greg Olson's career stats against the Panthers. Oh, God. Over 100 yards total. Over or under 100 yards total? Mm-hmm. Under. I'm going to go with the under as well, because I remember the Bears game, and that was a shit show. Yeah, that was over, the one that, like, nobody scored, wasn't it? Or, okay, over or under. Offense. Okay, how about this one? Over or under five catches? Over. I'm gonna go with under. He actually had under five targets in the two games combined. Um, <laughs> wow. Talk I, about I, misutilizing a weapon. Yeah. Uh, Greg Olson total in his career against the Panthers has two catches on four targets for seven yards. Wow! Well, they didn't you even were... throw to him five times. Wow. Well, but and I don't remember this. I have to verify this. But apparently, he had two catches. For seven yards against the Panthers in 2008, and he had two lost fumbles. So I think that's the, that was the start of the Greg Olson not trying to break tackles anymore. Yeah, do you know who forced <laughs> his first career fumble? Fun fact. Do you Dude. know who forced Greg Olson's first career fumble? Thomas Again, Davis. Panthers, Thomas Davis. That's, really? That's... Thomas Davis forced Greg Olson's first career fumble. There we Wait, go. That's. Did, did he play that's... three games or did he play two games? Two. two. He did it in 2008. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, that's, that's funny. Yeah, there's a little, a little full. Everything comes full circle. But yeah, I just we need to revisit this whenever we possibly can. The game where Greg Olson had zero catches on two targets was the game where Todd Collins went six for 16 for 32 yards and four interceptions and won the game. I I honestly believe by 17 points. I honestly believe, and I don't have any um, problem with someone proving me wrong. That has to be the worst game in Panthers history. Yes, by by a very by a lot. By football like, in football history. Yeah, in Panthers. No, football just history. football. Or in football history, <laughs> probably too. Like it's up there. It's up there. 
like that <laughs> it's almost hard to believe that it happened i remember watching it live and i'm like it, there yes. is no way that this score this this is real i remember it, i was if, uh oh go ahead it is a football game in the year 2010 with good weather um i think it was i don't it was in october and it was in charlotte so and i know it wasn't raining so yeah oh no, here it is actually it's right here 81 degrees in 2010 no wind no rain and two teams combined to throw for 147 yards oh god zero touchdowns and seven interceptions i forget what game before that had broken me but i like literally didn't watch that game so when i looked at the uh i was like I drove down to New Jersey because I had, that was right around the time where I had just moved to Lancaster, so I didn't have any friends here. So I drove down to New Jersey to play flag football. Oh, and, uh, now now we're, are we shaming you now for playing flag football? Yeah, you can shame fantasy? me. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I had a really good game though. I, I had I scored like six times, but um, cool. so so um, because I was still in football shape, I was like fresh out of high school senior football shape, so I was playing with a bunch of like. 23 to 25 year old guys and i was just like oh i just i was doing spark conditioning for the last year so yeah um but anyway uh not to toot my own horn too much um so 10 years ago man 11 years ago man yeah it was 11 years ago (laughs) um so yeah i remember pulling up the game and just laughing my fucking ass off at it because i was like i can't believe that i'm reading this right now like it was just bad so so bad (laughs) Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's not. It's one of those things where it's like I remember uh, this happened to me. There's like a college basketball game where I saw it, and then this was like last year, two years ago. I think it was like NC State Virginia Tech. Brad, you might know what game I'm talking about, where they scored like ten points in like the first half each, and I was like, this this like the the app has to be buggy, right? Like, there's no way these are the actual numbers that were that were put forth in this game. Yeah, and I feel like that Panthers game was. Um, along those lines. Okay. Um, I did some research on the fumble. It was week two of 2008. Um, in the first quarter, Kyle Orton threw a pass to Greg Olson for a two yard loss. Thomas Davis forced a fumble and John Beeson recovered it. Oh, that's a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of names on that list. Yeah, that was the, that was back when uh, Steve Smith was suspended still for punching Ken Luke into the face. Oh, Ken Lucas in the face too. Um, <laughs> I remember that stretch because I had no I had no expectations for them to win, and they won both those games. I believe they won the chart. They won against yeah, the Chargers. Yeah, they started two and zero that year. Yeah, that was that was when that was Brandon Lloyd before Brandon Lloyd was like actually a good receiver. He was just some special teams fuck. And I can verify that that was Greg Olson's first fumble because in 2007, his rookie year, he had no fumbles and he only had two in 2008 and both were against the Panthers in week two. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like that was, that was Harris the, the other one. Well, I remember I him saying at one point that he was like, I started like I fumbled twice in my, as like a rookie. I guess I guess he wasn't technically a rookie, but I think that's the first year he played. And getting in like the doghouse over it, and he was like, "Never again will I fumble." So I'll just follow her. Um, he did not keep that promise. Uh, <laughs> well, he fumbled again, but he had seven career fumbles. 
Yeah, that's which not actually, very considering he played as long as he did, that's not too bad. Yeah, especially since two of them came in the same game. <laughs> he did not have a fumble after the 2015 season. Shit happens. I also can't blame him for fumbling when Chris Harris hit him because Chris Harris used to run people over like a truck. So, yeah, <laughs> I miss that man. He was one of my favorite safeties. Also used to comment on CSR. Yes, he did. Really? I didn't know that. Yes, he That's did. awesome. Mm-hmm. Very, very briefly. But, he yeah. did it very briefly because as I'm sure this will shock you, Brian, uh, but he but he dipped on us because people started getting too weird. Wow, that's incredible! No way. Yeah. Oh my god. Crazy. Yeah, he, he he was he was only there for a couple of months at the most. Uh Greg Hardy was well. Greg Hardy sucks now, but Greg Hardy doesn't count. Greg Hardy was yeah. funny as hell though because <laughs> he, he would do everything in like thirty-seven point bold font. Um. <laughs> yeah, he was we, we funny. Greg Hardy. Yeah, uh, we, we renounce. We renounce Greg Hardy. This is a Greg Olson show. We're talking this about a different Greg, Greg Olson. We're talking about good Greg. <laughs> Sorry, not bad Greg. <laughs> not bad Greg. <laughs> um. Uh, also, real real thing that I also want to bring up during Greg Olson's like the the twilight of his career, like not even his twilight, but like the, when he was doing extremely well, his kid was going through some serious shit with their heart. Yeah. Young kid too. Like he he created a foundation for that for uh young kids with heart disease and uh almost won Walter Payton Man of the Year award doing that. Yeah, and as if you've already listened to the Thomas Davis episode, I said Thomas Davis is the only Panther to ever win Walter Payton Man of the Year and as much as I said I would have more on that later. Well, this is the part where I have more on that. It's absolute bullshit that Greg Olson did not win Walter Payton Man of the Year. Uh, There were three finalists. Uh, It was Greg Olson, Larry Fitzgerald, and Eli Manning. And Eli Manning and Larry Fitzgerald co-won the award. At what point the NFL didn't just say, you know what, screw it, let's give all three of them the award. I don't know why they didn't reach that conclusion, but Greg Olson built a wing to a hospital for kids with heart birth defects. How is that not worthy of the Walter Payton man of the year award? I don't understand it. It's also kind of insulting to be like, here are our three finalists. And it's like, oh, Greg Olson. Two of them won. Yeah. Yeah. It goes to both of the other two. Yeah, yeah and stupid. I'm not to take away from Larry Fitzgerald and Eli Manning and what they do, but you know, come on. And the yeah. next year he was nominated again and he lost to JJ Watt, which I get yeah, I mean JJ Watt, Watt raised JJ like, Watt raised like forty million dollars for Hurricane yeah. Harvey. That's just unfair. Relief. That's not yeah, that's unfair. But um he should have won it that year that Eli and Larry Fitz shared it. Like that was Greg's year, but his charity is the hardest yard. And if you want to um, donate, you can go there and do that. Uh, he, he still does things for the Charlotte community. It's like he never left, and um, you know he, he does great work with with um, kids who have um, 
heart defects. I can't remember the exact heart defect, um, but it's a very specific thing. Yeah, yeah, it's super rare. I'm trying to find the name of it, but it's yeah, it's, I am too. It, yeah, it's HLHS. Hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Ugh, that's just awful, man. It's like yeah. kind of it's it's one of those things where it's like you can like you can see why he he did it because you know like not a lot of people would have the the financial means to take care of that for their for their child, especially a younger child because like that's very specialized care. Um, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's very specialized care. So I can't imagine that's fucking cheap, you know, like, so for a lot of, a lot of people, like they have those issues come up like very early at birth. And, you know, most people who have a kid, a younger kid these days around Greg Olson's age, they're not rolling in the money, you know, like, so that kind of charity is very, very helpful for those, for those people, especially in impoverished communities where. You know, they need the help. So, like, Greg Olson doing something like that to really, like, you know, kind of help his story and his success really help others is just is just great. Like, I'm really happy that I mean, I'm not happy that his kid had that happen, but I'm happy that he was able to take such a negative and turn it into a positive. Yeah. In December of 2020, they announced the Atrium Health Levine Children's Hospital Hardest Yard Congenital Heart Center. So they built a children's congenital heart hospital in Charlotte. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, you know, we talk about NFL players using their, their prestige and their money and their time and their, their name and everything. And that, like you said, they took the ultimate negative uh, and turned it into a positive. Like as a as a dad of two kids, I can't imagine what it is like knowing that your child is born with a heart problem that may or may not allow it to survive. Uh, and you know, it, it it's amazing that they were able to to do what they've done to to benefit kids, like you said, who's who have to go through that. I mean, there are a lot of people who just, they don't have Greg Olson money. And so it's, it's thank God for people like Greg Olson and Carol Olson. We should probably give his wife some credit here too, because she is um, a big part of this as well. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy that um, we've had so many players in our, our franchise and we're celebrating two on the same day that both have given so much to the community. Like it, it, it's amazing that we've, we've been a franchise that has had these kind of players represented. Yeah. I mean, they, they really embrace, they really embrace Charlotte when they get there. A lot of these guys, um, it's a nice thing to see. I mean, you know, you could always end up with the shitty players who do shitty things. And unfortunately, Carolina has had at least one of those that, uh, there's two that I can think of. Bad Greg. Um, yeah, bad Greg. A certain other someone. Um, and, uh, you know, Carolina really did a good job of assembling a really high-class group of people in the in Greg Olson's time as a Panther. So, you know, it's just nice. And, 
it's I'm happy that Greg Olson's getting the recognition he deserves because both he and Thomas Davis were definitely underrated during their NFL careers, and obviously they were two of the best in the league at their positions. And we One last get, question. We get okay. Greg Olson in the broadcast booth too. Oh yeah, yes, so which is another great thing. He's he is going to kill at that job. He is going to be one of the top tier um, color guys on, on NFL broadcast. I think he's going to work for Fox. If I remember yeah, correctly, he's coming for that Tony Romo money. Yeah. One last question to, to like wrap it up is Greg Olson, a hall of famer. Yes. I think he should be um, only because to me, if to be a Hall of Famer, you either have to be far and away the best at your position for an extended period of time, like a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, you know, guys like that, or you have to be the first player ever to do something that's worthy of like being recognized. And I think being the first ever tight end to have three straight 1,000 yard seasons. I think that's what gets him in. Now, I don't think he'll get in. Like, I think he's going to be one of those that waits eight years or so before he gets mm. in. But I do think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's also in the top, I want to say, 10 in receiving yards for a tight end in his career. And I think that alone should get him in. I think he's like top three. That's what yeah, I, was I think he might be at. top three. I think, I, think like that'll change. I think that'll change with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but when he retired, if he retired in the top five of a major statistical category and he was on a team that was successful, like they went to the Super Bowl, like they didn't win, but they did go to the Super Bowl. They won the division three straight years. I, I think I think it's enough to get him in. I don't he's not a first ballot guy uh, and it's going to be hard because, I mean, his contemporaries are Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, because Gronk is getting in, you know, first ballot because all the Super mm. Bowls. But, I mean, I think Greg Olson is up there. He is – he was at his peak. He was one of the best at his position, and I, I think that's good enough. Yeah. By the way, Greg you... Olson is fifth – is from – I mean, not counting the names that I don't recognize because I just pulled up all-time receiving leaders, and I don't know who, like, Tony Martin is or, like – uh, Mark Duper. So sorry, guys. But uh, Greg Olson, from as far as I can tell, is fifth all time in tight end receiving yards. Uh, he has a commanding 199 yard lead on Rob Gronkowski. So, which he may be seventh because I think Gronk might retire because again, again because I mean they they won the Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah Gronk and Graham, if they both play, will pass him. But as of right now, he's fifth. Gronk probably won't retire. I think he's going to end up going to a place like Miami. But we'll see. But yeah, I think for me, it's just a matter of that. Greg Olson was one of the centerpieces that kind of revolutionized the tight end position. Like, obviously, you know, there were people before his time, like Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez. Um, But I think the way that Greg Olson played the position where he was kind of like a hybrid wide receiver slash tight end and like, upped his game as far as being a tight end because he got to be a much better blocker throughout towards the end of his career. I think that that's enough to get him in the Hall of Fame because you can make the argument that he had that he kind of changed the game a little bit. Is Tony Gonzalez in the Hall of Fame yet? 
I think so. He, if he's eligible, he's in. Like he's not going to wait. Like yeah. if if Tony Gonzalez is in the Hall of Fame, Greg Olson will get in because that's a very good comp. Right. So I mean, I oh, Teddy, yeah, Teddy, Tony Gonzalez is in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, Tony Gonzalez Tony is also Gonzalez... sixth all time in receiving yards, so he's got quite a bit more of a resume, but like not just tight ends, just like all time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I I think if Tony Gonzalez is in the Hall of Fame, I think Greg Olson will get in the Hall of Fame. I think it'll be one of those. Um. He's he waited a while to get in type things. Like ten years from now, we'll be like, oh, Greg Olson's finally going to get in. But I I do think he'll he'll get recognized. And we'll make sure to do an episode to to recap it in ten years. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, any other ideas, thoughts, John? No, nah, I think, I think we've, uh, hit the, uh, hit everything on the Greg Olson. I agree. Brad? No, love you, G-Reg. Yep, definitely. Well, thank you for joining us for these special, <coughs> oh God, um, special editions of the Keep Sounding podcast. We are really looking forward to seeing Thomas Davis and Greg Olson hang up their cleats as Carolina Panthers. Um, Really happy with the both of them. Greg Olson definitely deserves it. Thomas Davis definitely deserves it. It'll be a fun time. Hopefully they end up wearing matching outfits or something like that, as we said. So stay tuned, stay healthy. Keep an eye on our CSR broadcasts or our our CSR content on Thursday, because we'll have plenty posted about Thomas Davis and Greg Olson at that time. So thanks a lot for your time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, and if you haven't listened to the Thomas Davis one yet, just keep listening, and eventually it'll start after this episode ends because it's the next one in the little queue. But yeah, see you. Also that. Later.